Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. John is the number one national best-selling author of the book On Fire. He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired Podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends. This is John O'Leary, and I am so happy to have you here joining me in the Live Inspired movement. On every Live Inspired podcast episode, I have amazing guests join me to share their story, their successes, their failures, their lessons, their life. Yes, you will hear absolutely profound and unforgettably inspiring stories, but much more importantly, you will take away true practical ideas to apply in your own life. My friends, the goal here is to have guests on this show that will inspire you, and I do mean you, to choose to wake up from accidental living so that you can do, you can be, you can achieve, and you can impact even more through your life, or perhaps more simply said, so that you can live inspired. Well, we've made it through. You ready for the guest today? It's a special one. My friends, it's a guest that you are already in front of. The guest is none other than yes. You ready for it? Drum roll, please. Here we go. John O'Leary, baby. This is the season recap for season two. It's an honor to remind you of the information that you've heard throughout the season to share with you a little bit of what I took away from the season, some of the things that I put into play, some of the comments that I've heard from you, and what it means for us as we wrap up season two and move toward season three. Season two was awesome. Here's some good news for you. You ready for it? More than 250,000 downloads, my friends. 250,000 men and women and business owners and teachers and nurses and ladies and gentlemen from all walks of life in all parts of the world tuning in to wake up from accidental living and to live inspired. Comments coming in, reviews on various podcast channels. It's been phenomenal. It's been overwhelming. It's been encouraging. I'm highly grateful for it all. I've also got a lot of comments. Almost entirely positive, but one of the comments I heard recently, and some of the comments, by the way, come in on airplane rides and in grocery stores and in the back of church and in audiences all around the country. It's been really cool to learn how many people are now tuning into this. But one of the ladies who met me recently said, John, the guests are remarkable. I don't know where you meet them, number one. And secondly, maybe you should consider bringing in some more ordinary folks. Not, not just authors, not just speakers, but people like, like me and you, ordinary people. I, I think that's a common criticism we hear about those who achieve great things in their life, whether that be in social impact, writing, speaking, whatever it may be, that these are extraordinary people who are unlike me. Uh, and it's something I certainly can connect with, too, because I sometimes feel that way, whether it's when I'm sitting in an audience, whether I'm listening to a speaker, I'm listening to a show. I may be sitting back on my bad days thinking, oh, I'm no that person. I'm not that big. I'm not that good. So here, here's my question to you. If you've ever felt that way about this podcast or you've ever felt that way in your own life, that you're not as significant as that person, 
I want you to think for a moment, for those of you who know my story, and if you don't know it, here's a great time for you to go online right now and check out a book called On Fire. On Fire is a book I wrote last March, On Fire. It's a phenomenal book that that reminds people not only of my journey, but really of the limitless possibility within in their own journey. A swing and a miss. And One of the key winner. players in that story was a guy a named Jack Buck. For the Jack Buck was a radio winner announcer who had a profound impact on my life. On January 18th, he came into my hospital room one day after I was burned. Jack Buck walks in. He walks into my room when I am tied down to the hospital bed. I can't move my arms or legs. I've been burned over my entire body. I have a breathing tube in. I can't do anything. And I can't even open up my eyes because the swelling is so intense. Jack Buck walks in. We've never met before, but this is the voice for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a radio announcer during the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then beyond. He walks into a little boy's life, and he says to me loud and clear these words. Please listen, my friends. Kid, wake up. Wake up. You are going to live. You are going to survive. Keep fighting. John O'Leary Day at the ballpark will make it all worthwhile. Kid, keep fighting. He leaves. He's told by the doctors and nurses that I'm going to die. There is no reason for hope. And then this guy, this gentleman, this one person comes back the following day in spite of the doctor's orders, in spite of the news and the challenges and the realities that the little boy is going to die. He comes back into my life and he says these words. Listen to him. Kid, kid, you are going to live. Wake up. Wake up. You are going to survive. Keep fighting. John O'Leary Day at the ballpark will make it all worthwhile. Keep fighting. Jack Buck comes back into my life the third day, and then again, and then again, and then again, during the five months that I'm in hospital recovering from these burns, almost always walking into that room with that grisly, beautiful radio voice, barking out these first words. Listen to him one more time. Kid, wake up. That man woke me up during the five months in the hospital. He woke me up at John O'Leary Day at the ballpark. He woke me up afterwards by sending me 60 baseballs teaching me how to write again. It's an incredible story. Again, learn more about it either on an online video or by reading the book On Fire. It's a phenomenal story of selfless love. And then eventually, near the end of his life, and after I graduate college, at graduation, Jack Buck comes with a package and and a note. The note reads, Kid, this means a lot to me. Hope it means a lot to you, too. He gives me that evening this baseball. It's the crystal baseball that he received when he went into the Hall of Fame. It's priceless. It's uh, it's an heirloom-type gift. It's the kind that he should have given one of our other guests from season one. The guest's name, by the way, was Joe Buck, Jack's son. That's who deserves this ball. But he gives it to a 22-year-old, college-drunk nobody. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a radio show host. I'm not a podcast host. I'm not, never written a book. I have no idea who I am, whose I am, what matters in life, what my values are, what I want to do next. I just barely made it through college, man. And he gives this ball away and in doing so touches, changes, transforms, and elevates 
a very ordinary little boy, 22-year-old kid's life, and changes me forever. Jack Buck changed an ordinary boy's life. Part of the challenge and the invitation for this podcast is for me to bring in guests to transform all of our lives, that through their generosity, through their knowledge, through their failures, through their lives, that we can do work, that we can do relationship, that we can do health and finances and faith and life itself a little bit better afterwards. My question to you, though, in hearing that story is, because if you're at all like me, you might be thinking right now on your way to work or listening as you get ready for work or listening poolside. Well, that's a great story. Jack Buck certainly must have been an influential man in your life, but I'm no Jack Buck. So we're still playing that card occasionally thinking that, hey, we're, we're no Jack Buck. We're no exceptional person. And yet I remind you today, tuning in, we are exceptionals. Our lives are extraordinarily important. So think of this for a moment. How did Jack Buck hear? And after I tell you this story, we are going to unpack season two. But here we go first, because I, I, as you listen in today, I want you to listen in with a heart and a mind aware and awake to realize the value of your life. So how did Jack Buck hear? How did Jack Buck hear? The day I was burned, my next door neighbor, her name was Carol Bauer, heard the explosion. She wakes up. There you go again. There, there are those beautiful words. She wakes up, literally gets her slippers on, grabs her robe, gets out of bed, walks to the door, eventually outside, turns to her left, sees the O'Leary house with flames leaping out of the roof line. Eventually, she sees my brother, two of my sisters, and then poor little me come outside. She knows it's bad. She calls 911, runs back outside, brings my siblings into her house. I get raced off to the hospital. And then after she makes sure that my brother and my sisters are okay, she starts the phone chain. She calls a friend whose name I don't even know. I think there's something beautiful even in that. That friend calls another friend named Colleen. Colleen calls her father, a man named Red Shandings. Red Shandings is getting ready to go to a charity auction that night. As the phone rings, he's grabbing his jacket. He's got to make a decision, a choice. What do I do? Well, he grabs the jacket, puts it on, grabs the phone, and it's his daughter. And his daughter says, Dad, a little boy named John O'Leary was burned today in St. Louis. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, They get off the phone. He hangs up. He grabs his keys, goes outside, gets in the car, goes to the auction, hangs the jacket up, goes in, sits down, and is seated by chance. Just chance, if you want to believe in chance. I personally don't. But if you want to believe in chance, have at it. He gets seated by chance. God's ordination, I think, by a white-haired gentleman who broadcast St. Louis Cardinals baseball in St. Louis, Missouri, and the gentleman's name was none other than, you ready? Jack Buck. Jack Buck. While having a glass of wine and raising their paddles to bid on auction items, Red Shandings, an old Cardinal player from the 40s and 50s, mentions to Jack Buck, his friend, that a little boy was burned in St. Louis, Missouri today. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers, Jack. The following day, that same little boy is tied down, dying in a hospital bed, in darkness, scared in pain. When his door opens up, footsteps walk in, and Jack Buck brings light into a dark room. Because, yes, Jack Buck was open to it, but more than that, because Red Shandings heard from his daughter, who heard from a friend, who heard from my neighbor, who heard the explosion, 
and knew that this mattered, who knew that every life mattered. So my friends, as you get ready to recap season two with me right now, realize that Jack Buck was profoundly important, that the guests that we have on this show are profoundly important, and yet your life and your neighbor's life and the coworkers and the ladies and gentlemen who serve you Starbucks and caffeine wherever you may grab it in the morning and pat you down through TSA and the guy in the middle seat sitting right next to you as you listen to this, that we're all important. We're all players, divinely important in a significant game. And our opportunity is to show up, to show up, to do our best, to be open to living out our best, to be part of this movement of living inspired of touching lives along the way, of creating a ripple effect even bigger than our own life. So my friends, queuing up season two, now that you know that your life matters profoundly, here we go. We've had a phenomenal season, like I mentioned earlier, 250,000 downloads. We are in the midst of March Madness. I'm not sure if you love basketball. I happen to love it. I love basketball. And in about a week, we're going to hear something awesome. Final game is going to be played. We're going to run off to commercial. They're going to bring it back. And then regardless of who wins, we know what we're going to hear. We are going to hear Luther Vandross. We are going to hear one shining moment, baby. So with one shining moment right now, recapping not only March Madness, one shining moment, but the season that we've had that has brought on some amazing, ordinary people who have lived extraordinary lives on purpose on purpose i'd like you to buckle up listen to that music a little bit more loudly listen to the music in your minds and hearts as i remind you of the guests that you've heard from this year and by the way if you're new to our show listen to the recap and then go back and listen to the guests that turned you on right now because every one of these guests is worthy of learning more about we began in early january with jenny ditzler jenny is the author of your best year yet Jenny reminded us, listen to this, I love this quote, of the indestructible goodness and immense possibility within each one of us. It works every time because the basic premise of Best Year Yet, John, is that, and you know this, but you have the answers to your own success, to your own well-being, to being the kind of person that you want to be. They're already within you. What best year yet is, is a series of 10 questions. Mm -hmm. And whether we're working with the top team in a multinational or a teenager just about ready to graduate from school and wondering what to do, Mm -hmm. uh, the questions are exactly the same. Because inside, we have this inherent wisdom in nature that's the same for all of us. Could there be a better tie back into the story of how Jack Buck heard than that quote from Jenny Ditzler. She reminded us, each of us, of the indestructible goodness and the immense possibility within each one of us. She challenged us in 2017 on the front side of it to live our best year yet. She walked us through 10 important questions, 10 questions to guide you into this year. And one of the beautiful things about Jenny is it did not begin by saying, so what do you want to do in 2017? How much weight do you want to shed How many lives do you want to touch? How much money do you want to make? How great do you want you to love life? How great do you want that marriage? No, that's not where it began. It began instead by looking back at the year, at values, at mistakes, at priorities. 
we focused on what really mattered to us to ensure, as we plan forward, we could in fact live into our best year yet. It's a worthy episode. If you've not yet heard it, now's the time. I sat down with that one with my family first and then eventually with my entire work team, and I made a list of 10 goals that I wanted to achieve this year. The number one goal, I won't walk walk you through them all, is I have a goal of being my wife, Beth, you're tuning in right now, I hope, sweetheart. My wife, my wife's number one biggest fan. I have some um, kind of guidelines on what that means. Things that I want to do every single day, and I'm not going to share all those either. Things that I want to do every week. Things, trips that I want to take. Special moments that I want to create just with Beth. But at the end of the day, I want to be this woman, this mother of my four babies, this incredible wife, this great lady. I want to be your number one fan, man. That's my goal for the year. It may not be a big goal for you, but it's my number one goal. And by the way, three months into this year, one quarter in, I'm living into it. I'm her number one fan, not by accident, but on purpose. My friends, we can live accidentally, and that's not great, or we can live on purpose. We can live intentionally. Listen to Jenny Ditzler's podcast, and you too will live not accidentally, but intentionally. You're going to live your best year yet. It was a great podcast. Jenny Ditzler, thank you for sharing your time with us. And it led directly into a number one New York Times bestselling author. His name, you may have heard of him, John Gordon. John Gordon came into the studio, and boy, what energy the man brought. One of his most phenomenal and well-known books is The Energy Bus. He reminded us, stay positive. You get to choose. Too frequently, we give that choice away to someone else. We give it away to weather, storm clouds, the bus driver. We give it away to the people, the ladies and gentlemen we work with, or difficult clients we support, a challenging day that we had, traffic on the way home. No, John Gordon reminds us, feed yourself with positive energy so that you first can choose to be inspired. You can be positive, but then you can feed others. You can be a source of positivity. You can be a source of inspiration. There were so many key messages that got John Gordon shared with us. And to tune in to all of those, then lean back into episode number two from season two with John Gordon. He was a phenomenal guest. One thing that surprised me about John, he's even more funny, I think, than a lot of people know. He's a really super normal guy. He's an ordinary fella, and yet he chooses to live an inspired life. Great guest. He's also now a dear friend, John Gordon, best-selling author, great man. Gordon, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. Then, as if the season wasn't off to a strong enough, compelling enough beginning, we followed up with a woman that you loved because she was one of the most popular downloads for the entire year. Her name was Meg Meeker. Meg is a parenting expert. She's an author, she's a pediatrician, she's a mother, and she perhaps provided some of the most practical information to date, uh, both from her childhood, growing up, mistakes she made, not getting into med school, being encouraged by those around her, being inspired to continue boldly. She found love. She lives it boldly. She has her baby. She's a practicing doctor, and yet she realized She wasn't the best mom sometimes, and so she became an expert on being a mom. She reminded us that frequently heroes don't wear capes. Woo! Heroes don't wear capes. She also challenged us, though, to be a hero to our children. 
they're going to find Eros. They're going to find him at school. They're going to find him on the internet. You don't want that. They're going to find him in the arms of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. We probably don't want that. So what we want is to become a hero, to be a model of exceptional, inspirational living to our children. Parents, she reminded us, are more worried today than ever. They're more worried than they were when she was raising her little ones 30 years ago. We so desperately today try to be, and she said, we try to be good parents. But that can be exhausting to try to be good parents, to provide our kids with everything. And she reminded us sometimes the most powerful words you can say to your kids. You ready for it? No. No. You you can't try out for another team. No, you can't do dance. No, you can't have that thing. No, you can't have screen time. No, I I don't care if all your friends are on social media. You're six, okay? You can't have the screen. You can't do social media. Powerful words. Difficult to say in the craziness of life when we're trying to do everything for everybody. But no, she reminded us to be a big enough, bold enough leader, a hero to our kids, to say no, to snuggle them up, whether they're six or 16, to snuggle those little ones. We shifted gears from parenting— Room into baseball, baby. And we brought on a man who knows not only so much about baseball because he's an expert. He played it. He played in all-star games. He's also a manager today. He's the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a friend of mine. I recently bumped into Mike Matheny at spring training. Mike and the team were kind enough to invite John O'Leary to share some inspiration, to share some practical ideas with the St. Louis Cardinals. So I had the opportunity a couple weeks ago to join the St. Louis Cardinals. I brought my wife, I brought my four babies, and I spoke to the St. Louis Cardinals. I thank Matheny, Mr. Mike Matheny, for that. I also thanked him while there for the opportunity to have him on the Live Inspired podcast. Mike shared a remarkable journey of discipline, of toughness, of enthusiasm, and selflessness. He talked about combining these things to maximize what you can control and to let go of the things you can't control. Yeah, he talked about baseball primarily, but gosh, he also talked about losing everything financially. He talked about leaning into his family and leaning into his faith and realizing at the end of the day when he lost everything, and I mean everything, listen into the podcast and get blown away by Mike's Mike's story, how he felt still whole. He still had everything that he wanted, everything that he needed. And now he reminds not only his kids, his spouse, his team, that leadership, that real victory is caught better than it is taught. Remember that one. That's a great takeaway. Leadership. Leadership is caught better than it is taught. We then brought on someone that I consider a true American hero, Rocky Sickman. Rocky Sickman is a veteran He's also a former POW. Rocky spent 400 and 444 days. I'm going to say that again. 444. 444 days as a prisoner in an Iranian cell. 444 days. Rocky was an epic, epic reminder of the sacrifices that men and women make in our military. Some of them the ultimate sacrifice, others giving up time away from their family, away from their friends, away from their own freedoms to serve us in our country. And for those of you tuning in around the world, the military branches in all countries, what incredible servants these men and women are for us. 
Rocky talked about how the little things got him through the difficult days. I mean, at night, they would untie you and put you on the floor and tie your, your wrist to your ankles. And that's where you slept. You weren't allowed to speak to anybody. So all those memories of growing up in Crockle, every baseball game, every football game, every basketball game, every sleigh ride down Aholds Hill, playing hockey on Bestie's mm-hmm. Pond, my mother making pancakes. I mean, those were the things that kept my sanity. The little things were what guided him through the difficult times. And I think there's a lesson, friends, in all of our lives around that one. We focus on the big things, but it's the little things so frequently that give us the most joy. Then Dale Partridge, what a perfect tie-in Dale was. He was a successful business leader, and yet he realized, ultimately, that what he came home to was more important than what he came home to. So in other words, let me let me reframe that. How he came home as a man, as a person, as an inspiration, and to whom he came home, his spouse, the children, the animals, was much more important than the things that he came home to. So Dale completely changed what his life was about. He changed where he worked. He changed what he did. He changed where he lived. And in doing so, he's changed the life that he's had. He's an author and a thought leader on leadership and life. He reminded us that sometimes a company and things can grow faster than we can. So he reminded us to prioritize what actually matters. The people, the things, the time, and the money. He also challenged us on this belief, on identifying the difference between normal, normal, and common. Because they're not the same. It may be common to work 60 hours. It may be common to have a lousy or even mediocre marriage. It may be common to not save for retirement. It may be common to have relationships with kids or others that you struggle with today. That may be common, but it's not normal. It's not good. It's not healthy. And there is a better way to go about your relationships at home, at work, with the things and people around you in your life. He challenged us to live uh, and wake up from accidental living, to truly live inspired. He challenged us to identify. Don't be common. Don't be like the Kardashians. They may get the limelight. They may be popular. But find a new identity. Be, be, be normal in a new, different tone. Set a different standard for your life and for the lives of those that you serve through your journey. We, we then brought on a friend that I met eight years previously, and her name is Jill Boishik-Strahan. Jill and I met at a leadership organization in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where she works. She's got an organization today called Tastefully Simple. She's the founder of this organization. She's also an author. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal person, leader. And out of anyone I've met along the journey, one of the great inspirations in my life, Miss Jill. I, I, I love her. I love her heart. I love her candor. I love her ability to share her experiences without window dressings. She doesn't try to be someone or something that she's not. And I think in doing so, she attracts other people to her cause, whatever that cause is at the time. She also talked about dreaming of starting a business. She dreamed of starting this little business called Tastefully Simple. And with with an old shed in the back of her house with no running water on top of an old pool table with a thing of plywood on top, she began the journey. And yet not only did she begin with a dream and hard work and discipline, she began with a target in mind. She had written down where she wanted this thing to go. She had a dream specifically five years out. This is where I'm going. 
that this woman, Miss Jill, had never made more than $14,000 in any year when she launched Tastefully Simple. And yet on that piece of paper, on this card, she had a goal that her business in five years would be worth $11.8 million. That was her smart goal. The amazing thing is, and yet those of you who set goals and write them down and live into them, you realize there's nothing amazing really about this. It happens all the time. She wrote it down. She worked like a dog for it. She prayed for it. She surrounded herself with amazing people. And she achieved that goal. And she's gone way past that goal in the years since. She reminded us of the power, not only of discipline and hard work, but of writing our goals down. If you don't have motors in your life, it's likely you have anchors. The anchors are going to pull you down, she said. They are going to drown you. So she challenged us, cut those anchors and choose to be around positive people that propel you forward, plant you positively, not in fear, but in faith and inspiration. Great, great language shared by Jill Blaschik-Strahan. We then, and this next podcast brought me to tears twice in the midst of it. His name is William Paul Young. You know him today as Paul Young, the author of a book that 22 million other people picked up, maybe you picked it up too, called The Shack. And if you don't like to read much, okay, I encourage you to start reading a little bit more. But he also recently came out, this month in fact, with a movie, the same name, The Shack. It is a huge success. And one of the quotes that Paul shared during our time together, when you have fear, you can either try to control and you can be beat down by that, by not being able ultimately to control what's happening to you, the people around you, the events from your past. So that's one way to go. You can try to control it. Alternatively, you can take a deep breath and you can trust. You can have some faith. You can dream again that anything is possible. You can have a little bit of faith around this. Paul shared a stunning story of abuse that he endured of mistakes that he made, of the decision that he made for the first four and a half decades of his life to control, to control his faith, to control his dad, to control the abuse, to control what happened to him, to control things in his marriage. And then this turning point, this inflection point of letting go, of trusting, of choosing faith instead, and a faith that is vibrantly alive in everything that he does. It led, by the way, Paul to write 15 copies of his book called The Shack to his family. And that faith that he had in this book about his life story has sprung forward fruitfully to lead to more than 22 million copies sold around the country and around the world. It's a remarkable story. The Shack, and if you know nothing about it, maybe you start this journey by tuning in to the podcast with William Paul Young. And then, my friends, with just two episodes left, we brought in Travis Thomas, Travis is phenomenal. Anytime I think of Travis, I think also of a movie that my kids love. It's called The Princess Bride. First time I watched it with my boys. Now, I got men's men as kids, man. First time I watched it, they were 10, 8, and 6. These little men wanted nothing to do with The Princess Bride until the movie started. And then I could not get them to bed that night. They wanted to watch it again. We've watched it many, many, many times since. But there's a character in in The Princess Bride. And the character's response to everything the girl wishes, okay? She wants him to move the bucket, make the bread, carry this over there, boy. And his response is always, as you wish, as you wish. This 
main character in The Princess Bride says yes and to everything. Yes and. Yes and. I love that character. I love his response. And I love the fact that Travis Thomas is an expert on not only living as you wish or yes and in his own vernacular, but also teaching the rest of us how to do it. He came on to the episode. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a coach. He's an expert on improv. And he taught us how to get unstuck in life, unstuck in relationships, and to boldly live out yes and, yes and, yes to opportunity, yes to challenges, yes to creativity, yes to life, yes and, yes and. What a great way to leave it. Thank you, Travis Thomas, for that one. And finally, my friends, we brought it home with Kim Scott. Kim is an author. She's a podcaster. She's a past exec for phenomenal companies such as Google and Apple, two two minor players on the scene. She was a, a leader within both organizations on teaching them how to create a culture that builds and creates new things, to not get stuck in the status quo. Her new book, Radical Candor, just came out in March 2017. She has in this book and through her life debunked the popular phrase, if you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. She's debunked it. She's taught us instead that in order to serve others, and I use that word very purposefully, in order to serve others at work, at home, in relationship, in the community, and achieve goals individually and collectively, we must lean in to radical candor. We get to speak honestly from a place of great love. It was a challenging podcast because so frequently, my friends, I'm, I'm opening up the closet now for you. I, I, I can get a little passive. I can kind of lean away from the difficult conversations. I can turn my back on difficult moments. And yet she reminded me, John, no, don't turn your back. Don't be passive. Don't say uh, all the time, nothing at all. But instead, be bold enough to lean into the conversation. Do it with love, but do it with candor. Do it with radical candor. This was season two as the, the ball has dropped. March Madness continues. Luther Vandross continues singing. One shining moment. And my, my friends, with those guests, with those episodes, with those takeaways, we were able to expand the footprint of our podcast to bring in now more than 250,000 who are choosing to wake up from accidental living and living inspired. Woo! Season two. Was it good for you? You know, I think that's a good question to ask occasionally in life. Was it good for you? Well, I'm telling you right now, it was awesome for me. It was a blast to have these men and women in studio on our Live Inspired Studio line sharing with us their story, their lives, their lessons, their mistakes, what it meant to them, and more importantly for all of us, what it means for us how we can wake up from accidental living and live inspired. My friend, season three is going to be full of even more amazing guests and uh, exciting revelations. If you want to join the movement, not only tune into the podcast and share it with your friends and neighbors, men and women that you worship with and do life with, but also go to johnolearyinspires.com. John, I'm going to say it again because I want you there right now. John O'Leary Inspires.com. 
There's going to be a link there on how to get new information on this podcast, on this movement, on the Live Inspired podcast, on this channel, and on some exciting information, revelations, revolutions, baby, that we are going to be sharing with you shortly. So season three is going to be full, not only of phenomenal guests, but some exciting ways that we can engage and interact at an even deeper level. I can't wait. Like, I got goosebumps right now even sharing it. I'm so fired up to share this. So sign up right now at JohnO'LearyInspires.com. Get ready for it because it's coming. And season three is going to remind us that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. My friends, if you have enjoyed this podcast and this season as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you, I want to first thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a friend I think others refer to your role on the other side of the podcast as followers. Uh, Well, you're no follower. You're a friend. I'm grateful for it. I'm reminding you today that the best of our friendship and of our days and of our lives remain in front of us. So for this time and until next time and until next season, this is John O'Leary and this is your day. You matter. Live inspired.